as a spiritual entrepreneur, how do you get out there? How do you generate leads, clients, sales on social media in a way that's aligned, in a way that's authentic, where it feels good for you, feels good for them? This is the question that we're answering. This is what we've been covering in this little video series. What I did was I ran a group project with 50 spiritual entrepreneurs teaching them all what I've been able to do in terms of generating leads, clients in a way that's fun and in a way that's aligned and authentic, that feels good. And so if you haven't checked out videos one and two, this is video three of three. So I'll put links to videos one and videos two in the description below if you haven't checked those out already. So in video one and video two, what you learned was all about how to get out there, why social media is so important, what the advantages are that you have right now, and really how to implement some tactics, tools, strategies to start doing some outreach and start generating some leads. This call in terms of call three of three is all about how do you, what do you do with those leads? How do you start selling? How do you start really doing it in a way that's authentic, in a way that's aligned? So what you learn here is one, how to build interest, how to build desire for the irresistible offer you're about to create. Two, how to craft an invite, whether that may be free or that may be a paid invite, how to craft it for someone. And three, how to implement what I call the three business accelerators, what needs to be implemented in order for you to have a profitable program. So yes, it's here and in the serving circle where you help elevate consciousness through spiritual business success. So if you're a spiritual entrepreneur, be sure to subscribe, support the content, and I'll see you on Facebook inside the Serving Circle community where you can start collaborating with your soul tribe. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income. But every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. All right, first of all, hands up. Who's had some more business wins in the last week than in the previous week. Nice. Who's had some more who's had some more business wins in the previous week than in the last few months? It's pretty interesting, hey? It's interesting when you actually put in some time and do what do some activities that matter most. That's what you start to see. Uh, but who would like to who would like to share some wins? Who would like to share some insights, some breakthroughs? And I was talking to Molly. I was talking to Dawn because you guys are sending me some, some messages and receiving some insights. One thing that was interesting with Molly was that she didn't enjoy doing outreach like many of us. And then when she, we got on a call, on one of the group coaching calls, she's like, I'm actually having a lot of fun. And I'm like, isn't that the damn point? So Molly, I'd love to ask you a couple questions just quickly. But one, what allowed you to go from dreading the outreach to now seeing it as fun? What, what's been the change? I think the biggest change was the, the mindset in that I'm just reaching out to 
people for fun. I mean, for fun, but they're just friends as opposed to like, I've got to sell something. I've got to, I've got to really get into, get them into my group or, you know, having that after purpose later, this is just all like, I'm going to get to know some of these teachers that I'm targeting and just seeing what they're, what they're up to and how they're feeling at the moment. That was the biggest thing. And you were even hesitant. You were even hesitant to share your group, to share the, uh, you know, to share your community. Um, but I think what's really cool when you do the inner work, especially when you when you start healing what needs to be healed, you start to operate more from a spiritual journey, and you leave just that margin of magic, and you leave what I call the the gap of grace. It's just you also allow the some some mystical things to happen that your mind couldn't predict. So Molly, do you want to do you want to share quickly what happened to you in the yeah. uh, in the supermarket? <laughs> yeah. So I was in the supermarket and I ran into an old colleague of mine that I hadn't met for several years actually, and it was just you know we she saw me she's like Molly I'm like oh my God Amanda, and um, we were you know did the cliff note version of of what we were up to and I was telling her you know I was. I just felt called to tell her about this new group for teachers that I had created and was telling her about my journey and, and I'm making this big transition in my life. And so, um, after I got home, we kind of messaged each other and she's like, you know, I just feel like there's a, a reason we connected uh, on this day. And then by the next morning, I saw all of these, uh, invites or, uh, people joining my group. <laughs> so I had invited her to my, my teacher's group. And then there were like 40 people. I would, as of Monday last week, I had 22 people in my group. And as of today, I have 46. So just by meeting my one friend in the grocery store and, you know, just talking to her and I was felt excited about it. And then she was just felt called to invited she invited like 40 people or so so it was just a really cool experience to feel like yay. <laughs> i um yeah just being able to show that fun show that excitement about my group and then she felt called to help out in that way so yeah that's, well, that's what happens that's what happens when you when you do when you do the inner work that allows you to transfer that into the external work of taking the time to actually share your group from a place of passion, from a place of authenticity, from a place of fun, it it's energizing. It, it draws people in. And so think about in your own businesses when you're sharing and when you're doing your outreach to come from that place of authenticity, of, of uh, detaching from the outcome, really coming from a place of love and fun, the, the magic starts to happen. The magic starts to happen. You start to welcome in more and more more and more clients more and more leads more and more friends more and more collaborations in ways that your mind can't see right that's also why i wanted um dawn to have a quick share because she's also been doing so much of the inner work so much of the meditations overcoming all these fears following her heart taking these scary leaps and she's just been able to see the the opportunities start to manifest outside what she had planned outside what her mind could predict so Dawn, do you want to give us a bit of an insight, bit of a share in terms of your insights and breakthroughs and what that can mean for what that can mean for all of us? Yeah, yeah. So just in the past week, um, I was reaching out to everybody in my Facebook group 
and I have a new Facebook group that only has, I think like 40 people in it. Um, but I reached out to everybody and I just was like, thanks for being here. You know, just a super friendly thing. And three of those people ended up joining my paid program. Like totally, it was totally awesome, you know? And, um, and then I re was reaching out to just, you know, Facebook friends I was like, Hey, what's going on? You know, old clients that I had worked with, but it was just like a, Hey, how's it going type thing. And from one of those connections, um, I have two referrals for private clients that I'm meeting with tomorrow. So that was, again, just, uh, like, Hey, how's it going? And then somebody was like, Oh, by the way, I have two friends who are interested in, you know, what you do. Um, I talked with her, she wants to be connected. Here's her phone number. And then we've been going back and forth. So, um, pretty, pretty fun stuff. That's cool. And I always ask the question, whenever we see something like this happen externally, whether it's more money, more clients, more opportunities, more collaboration, I'm always asking, what is it that I shifted inside? What is it that I shifted in here energetically that was able to manifest that out there? Cause as we know, what's out there is in here. And every shift we create in here manifests out there. And so that's always the question I'm always asking myself is what, what is that shift? What is that difference? Deborah, you have your hand up. What's happening? I wanted to share too what you just said. Um, okay. So let me take off my hand. Hold on. Cause no, I've already done it for you. Oh, thanks. Um, hi everyone. So I'm excited because, um, I play a three on the Enneagram on TV when I'm not aware and awake and threes and my, when my three pattern runs me, it's about getting the outcome and, and winning, winning, winning. And I don't like to fail. <laughs> so I've had a lot of opportunities in the last month for things to like go really sideways. And I've had to surrender to that. And, um, I decided to go on Facebook, which I never really go on Facebook because I've been working on LinkedIn. And I decided last week to do a, a few, um, just from my heart, speaking to people, sending them love and actually got teary eyed um, on one of my shares around just my passion for them to live their full life from my heart. And one of my friends who I haven't seen in a while, um, she immediately said, I, I, I need to work with you. We're having a call tomorrow uh, and we've known each other for a while. And then on Sunday, I came out of church and I hadn't gone to this church before. I just went with my son. That was yesterday. And one of my old clients said, I've been really sitting with us for two years now. Your work has changed my life. And I haven't been in touch with him for at least two years. And he said, I really want you to work with my daughter. And I was like, whoa. And then um, something else just happened. So anyway, all this easeful. So oh yeah, a, a friend of mine who lives in, 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 in France had seen this post that I put on Facebook. And she's like, are you going to keep doing those things? I really was like inspired. And I really want you to go on there. And I was like, okay. Like, she's like, you got teary eyed and I felt your heart. And so for me, um, just really being real with myself and my calling and my purpose. I see how it's drawing people to me. And I'm just really excited about that. Instead of me like pushing to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> There's a difference there. Yeah. And, um, I think it's just a, a testament to being willing to, when you're doing your messaging. So when you, when you're creating your content, when you're doing your outreach, when you're getting on uh, sales calls, 
every piece of that can just feel blissful to your heart. And I, th- I just think, like, I, sometimes I go to bed at night and I'm just, I look back on the day and I think of the amount of people that I sent messages to, the amount of people who got value from the podcast or send me messages. People send me personal messages with, with voice recording, just, just sharing, man, it just to feel your heart, to feel your authenticity and compassion does, does wonders and does more for, does more for me than anything else. And, and I just think how, how blessed we are to do this. And to think the difference between that energy compared to, I need to figure this out so that I can get enough clients and that I can make money and feel safe. Or I, I need to succeed so that I can feel seen and feel loved and feel appreciated and feel enough. There's, there's just, can we, can we sense the different level of consciousness there? And it's just, it's, it's light and day to me. Um, did I say light and day? I mean night and day. What if, maybe it's just all light. It's all the same. <laughs> Uh, I'll share my slides. I've got quite a lot to get through. So does everyone have pen and paper? Everyone's got their notebooks. Lindsay's ready. Very good. I'll, um, I'll bring this up one second. So while I go through all of this, um, what I'm going to do, I'll share my slides. We'll go through the presentation, learning all, of, all about how to implement more and more towards what to do now you're starting conversations. At the end, we're going to do some q and I know a few of you have questions about my program and a few of you have questions about how to implement this into your own business. More and more strategic questions about... Um, unique situations and scenarios so i'm happy to stay back for however long and answer all those questions but for now we'll go through uh we'll go through some go through some training and through your brain the questions you want to going to ask yourself around resourceful questions things like how do i implement in this in in my business in a way that's fun how is this going to help me get a little bit further along the journey towards my business goal how is this helping me create more impact create a little bit more uh, momentum, a little bit more income towards that goal. How can I create this in a way that feels aligned, feels fun, feels towards my heart? If you ask yourself resourceful questions on how to apply this, you're going to get a lot out of it. So with that said, let's rock and roll. Can we see this? All right, I've got Dawn's big thumb up. That's a sign that we're ready. Okay, it's day three. Congratulations. It's good that you're all here working through everything. I know a lot of you have had some busy weeks, so to prioritize this has been uh, been very, very exciting. So recapping so far, what we've talked about is why personal messages are so important, which is what you're starting to see now. You're starting to see that it can be fun. You're starting to see that it can it can help you stand out. You're putting in some of the time and effort towards things that matter most. I had a personal message. I gave this as an example to some of my clients yesterday. I had a person reach out to a personal message for a, a person who joined the serving circle. And we went around on this big banter where she's like, this is what I want to do. I want to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, I'm doing all of that. And I said, are you, are you just copying me? 
And I said, are you just, are you going to try to grow a, a silly ginger beard as well? And she's, and she's like, oh, no, I'm not, you know, I wish I could grow a beard. And, you know, we had some banter back and forth. And then she was saying, um, you know, if it's going to help me become enlightened, uh, it might be something I need to take care of. And, I said, and then I sent a message back saying, did you say you're going to take care of it as my silly little pun? And, then th and we had a big laugh. And I'm thinking about this content and saying, this is what personal messages can be like. Just being an absolute idiot, just being a goofball, just being yourself. And I think building relationships from that is so different than some of the questions I get like, what do I say here? And how do I say this? And is it too quick to say this? Is it, you know, when do I promote my program? When do I invite them here? I'm like, make fun about your ginger beard. All right, moving on. So I've talked about the fears and the fear jar, being aware of your fears, your judgments, your attachments, where you're in resistance. And this is what the meditation, the inner work is all about, right? Your intention, which is the vibration that you're coming from and the introduction. So that's more of what to say in your first initial conversation, your first initial messages. And it comes to be mindful of the context and having something that's very low risk, high reward. Good recap. Everyone on board? Anyone like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, Denise is asleep. <laughs> All right, some key reminders. So most pe people never gain traction because they don't stand out. And they're doing the same thing as everything, everyone else with their, their messaging, their marketing, with their sales, with their programs. We have to zig when others zag. If anyone else starts doing this, I urge you do something else. But I can also guarantee you there's no other person like you on the planet. You're unique in that way. So you can be authentic and that's how you create a raving fan culture. Be you. Be authentic. There's no one else like you. So we also focus on what matters most. This type of action of building new conversations of building conversations that lead to uh, value, lead to people getting on the phone, getting to know you, presenting offers, presenting collaboration opportunities. This is the 20%, the least 80% of the outcomes, right? It's not going ahead and, you know, focusing on the banner of your website for three hours. And once again, asking the question, what's the role that my business needs? What is the role that I need to step into that my business needs right now for it to be sustainable, for it to have a consistent flow of, of clients, of collaborations, of revenue? What is it that I need to step into? And am I avoiding that? If I'm avoiding that, it's something I need to look at. There's some reminders. So what you're going to learn here, now that you have some conversations going on who's got more conversations going on this week than last week should be everyone now once you have conversations going what the hell do i do next i've got all these people messaging me right kim costi she's awesome uh for uh, since i presented this to her in in my coaching program she just decided to go through all her list of facebook friends <laughs> And, each, and there's a lot of them. 
and she uh, and she just every time we got on a call, she's like, "I'm at the I'm at the C's now, I'm up to the F's," and she just goes through all her Facebook friends. I mean, think of the level of uh, determination there. It's really cool. Um, so what we're going to learn here is how to build interest in your irresistible offer. How to build interest in what you do, who you are, all those different things, so it can lead to an invite. So how to craft an invite, whether it's to your free stuff, to your paid stuff. We're going to go over that and how to implement three business accelerators for a profitable a profitable program. Need to have these three things in place. These are the things we need to learn, need to know. That's what we're going to get into. This is what we've gone over so far. Everything leads to one another. So your goals lead into who do I need to become and how resourceful am I willing to be to achieve that goal? And once you're resourceful and you become that, how do you lead that into your outreach in terms of what you say? Be creative, resourceful in what you say, how you say it. Something that's low risk, high reward and executing that outreach to then listen to the feedback. Once you listen to the feedback, you start building momentum for your program, for your offer, for whatever it is that they are on in the next step. Each one leads to the next. This call is gonna be mostly about listening to the feedback and building that momentum for your offer. So building interest, who would like to know how to build more and more interest with the people you're talking to. I think it's everyone. Now these slides are also in the online course. I'm not sure how many, how many uh, more days you have access to that. I probably should have done my research, but you should still have a little bit of access to the online course. But this is just a quick reminder. So interest, after your initial messages, how do you build rapport and interest for your invite? So how can you help them get some quick wins, build some momentum before an invite into something more in depth with you? I'm sure you've had some people who have reached out to you that have invited you to stuff too quickly. What does that do to the rapport? What does that do to the trust? It's like, oh, I'm just the number to you, <laughs> right? This isn't about me at all. This is about you upping the numbers of your Facebook group or your social media or whatever it is. So most people get into this and they sell their programs very quickly or they invite very quickly without rapport and it breaks all trust, leaves the conversations going cold. This is the, what I find is, is something that's really big here. In building interest, you're, you're building relationships that will serve you immensely. It will serve you time and time and time again. The relationships I've built with you guys, it's going to serve us immensely, long term. I'm consistently helping you, you're consistently helping me, and it's something that where we provide momentum for each other, long term, Right? And so if you take time to do what matters most in building relationships, it serves you immensely long-term over time. Which is exactly what I said here. If you build strong rapport and trust from the beginning, it can lead to an expansive and valuable relationship for years to come. They're always going to be supporting your stuff, sharing your stuff, uh, becoming, becoming clients. You can become clients of theirs. 
whatever it may be. I, when I reached out to some people, um, like many of you know, I reached out to Christina Lopes, who's got this massive, massive YouTube following all about spirituality. And I reached out to her. I became a client of hers. And then we got to know each other. And then over the years, she got to know what I'm doing, see what I'm doing in the serving circle. Then she invited me to be part of uh, her her first ever online course, which I was a head coach. I was a head coach for that community of 700 people um, who went through that. And I was able to be a head coach and help people through those challenges and help people through their spiritual awakening and help them with their businesses and all those different things. So you just never know where this is going to lead when you build relationships with people from an, a place of authenticity. So what you can learn here, four key elements of building rapport that I've highlighted in my, in my life when I'm building rapport with people in the serving circle and building the community and all those different things. So how you can apply them into your business. One out of the four, be genuine and curious. You have to be. This is, this is, this is a must. So once again, think about how you can apply this. When you're putting messages out to people, when you have an intent, when you are uh, uh, emailing someone, when you're inviting them to something, how can you be genuine and curious about them? As Molly shared, she's like, oh my God, there was so much pressure off and I actually started sharing in a way that's fun when I realized it wasn't about the invite. This is the paradox. When, it, when it's about the invite, people can feel it and you can feel it and there's attachment and there's pressure and there's frustration and they can feel it. But when it's about seeing someone as you, when it's about knowing that we're all connected, when it's about having a, an approach from a place of heart, it's not about the invite. The invite is a byproduct. The collaboration, the clients, it's all a byproduct of just getting to know people, learning about their goals, their challenges, their interests and passions. Have genuine curiosity about people. If they are part of your niche, if they are part of your you know, ideal client, ideal avatar, ask more niche specific questions. Especially if you've built rapport or especially if you've, if you've got some context where you, you have a little bit more credibility, it's, it's totally appropriate to just go straight into, hey, what, are you, what challenges do you have? Right, what are you dealing with at the moment? Let's, let's get you some quick wins. Let's get you some momentum. Let's see how I can help in a, in a, in a small way. You know, do you share interests? I did not share an interest with the lady and her lack of ginger beard. But we had a laugh. We're able to just be genuine. I was curious about her and have a just have a conversation just that was playful and fun. Right? That's high value. Be fun, playful. So what interest do you share between but what interest do you share between you? Look at their posts. Look at the sports teams they follow. Look at their interests in business or spirituality or health or relationships or if they're doing some extracurricular activities. So be genuine and curious about them. They will know when it comes from an intent of just of being curious rather than being, you know, being too direct. Does this make sense? Straightforward, hey? Making sure we add value. 
Here's the big piece. It's being creative and resourceful with how you help. Every single time I ask yourself the question, how, what else can I do? What, what can I do to add value here? How can I be creative, resourceful, fun, playful with helping them, with helping them just move along the ladder a little bit more? So some examples, sending PDFs, links, recommendations, connecting them with others, um, whatever it may be. You can give tips, advice, guidance. This is where your intent is to serve. Heartfelt service. And like I said, ask them. You don't have to guess. You don't have to guess. People are like, what if I don't know what they want? Ask them. <laughs> They'll probably tell you. If you reach out to someone, you're starting to build a relationship. And let's say you don't even have some rapport built. There's not a lot of context that, that houses some credibility but you get to know them, you, you start asking about them and you, and you just ask, hey, if you have this particular goal, what can I do to, what can I do to move, help you move along? Is there someone I can connect you with or would you like some, you know, some advice for, from what I've learned? Would you like, to, would you like me to you know, send you this YouTube video I, I saw the other day or whatever it may be? And if your focus is on adding value, if your focus is on helping them to get a little bit more momentum, some quick wins, they're going to feel that. They're going to feel like this person's here to help. And if it's not attached to anything, and you're doing from the, the, the generosity of your heart, that's what builds trust. It's what builds a relationship. It's what's going to allow them to want to connect other people with you. Like, oh, this person's safe, genuine, and real of value. So you're starting to ask some questions of how you can add value, how you can start to help people along their journey. So that's two. Number three. This is a one that goes more into the NLP uh, psychology type of things, but being able to adapt, being able to adapt your own energy to be like the chameleon to fit in with any environment. We know this when we go into a, a particular room. If you go into a room and it's a board meeting compared to a crazy 21st-year-old party, your energy is going to be a bit different. That's because you can adapt. You can be the chameleon to go through all different scenarios and you can fit in. So when we match and mirror people, this is all about, about matching their energy and mirroring it back to them. So always think about how can I match and mirror here and meet where this person's energy is. So even in text messages, you can use the same language, use the same energy with your um, texts, same similar, like same emojis. If someone sends me a message with like a thousand emojis in it, I'm going to use a thousand emojis in my reply. Just because as we build rapport with people, they're like, oh, they're like me. I feel this. This goes so deep. I can guarantee you, you can, you can actually try this. I've done it before. If you sit in a restaurant with someone, or, or this, any, any public environment, and if you're in the corner of someone's eye and they, they can physically see you but aren't paying attention to you, if you start matching and mirroring their body language, 
after a while, you will you, as as you start to move, they will follow you, and they won't even know they're doing it. That's how hardwired we are with being able to match and mirror each other and build rapport. So anytime you can do that with your uh, with your messages, with your calls that you're getting on, whether it's voice, whether it's on Zoom, what is it that you can match and mirror? What is it that you can mirror their movements, their voice, their language, their tempo, their energy? And then once rapport is built, you can actually start leading. For example, you can be more open with your body language. You can be more high tempo with your voice. You can be more vulnerable with your energy and they will follow. Once again, this isn't manipulation. Many people think, aren't I manipulating people? When it's coming from a place of heart, when it's coming from a place of uh, building, building rapport, uh, it's, it's, it, I see it as adaption. And here's the thing, we do it unconsciously anyway. We do it unconsciously anyway. Why wouldn't you want to be conscious of it? Have you ever got on the phone with someone and instantly you just thought, man, I connect with this person. Think about if you can have that type of feel and they can have that type of feel with you with everyone you get on the phone with. What would that do to your outreach efforts? Would that be a valuable, more valuable uh, placement on your time? If you reach out to 15 people and all of a sudden all of them feel like, man, this is a, this is a good friend. So you guys can you guys can even uh, test me when I call someone on the phone and they say, "Hey, Ty, how are you going?" I always either match that or go, or my energy will be slightly higher. You can challenge me from now on, and now I'm gonna get have everyone get on the phone with me and be like, "Hey, Ty, how are you going?" <laughs> we'll see. All right, that's number three. Quickly moving on, sharing your talking points, of course. Sharing your talking points. This is your messaging. When you build rapport with someone, when you're getting in the in the in the depths of a conversation, you're adding value. You're building rapport. You're matching and mirroring them, right? You're being you're being genuine and curious about them. Of course, you want to share your your business talking points. This is your messaging in terms of who you help, the problems that you help people solve, and the outcomes and transformations that you help people with. So the more clear, the more concise, the more specific you can be about that, the better. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But this is a key piece for you to have, for you to be able to share what what your business is, who you help, how you help them, what problems you solve, what transformations and outcomes you help people achieve. And to be very, very clear about that. You want to have someone who's on the, other, on the other side of the conversation say, oh my God, that's awesome. I know exactly who to send you away. Or, oh my God, that's for me. How do I learn more? Now, this is where the conversation naturally leads anyway. Many, many people get on the phone and sometimes it's within the f- second, somewhere between the second to, f- to fifth message that you send someone, they're always like, what do you do? And how do you do it? And so they're, they're generally curious about you anyway. This is not a... How do I get to share my talking points? This is a very, very natural thing. But to be able to be very conscious about it and have it as a very, very important point needs to be top of mind. And I'll talk a little bit about that 
um, moving forward. So being genuine and curious, very, very key. And while you're genuine and curious, if you add value, and while you're adding value, you match and rapport, you, you build rapport by matching and mirroring, and then you're also sharing your talking points, I believe putting just those four things together naturally leads to conversations that will build your business in a very, very big way. Who can see that? Can we start to see in any area here, in any of the four where you think you can improve or think you can uh, level up a little bit more? Who's in that, who's in that boat? Should be everyone because we can always improve. So who's ready to talk about the invite? Well, let me, let me, how are we going for time? All right, how we, um, do we have any questions? Let me stop the share for a little bit. Any questions about building rapport, matching, mirroring, building more and more interest? Do we have any questions come up? Do you guys recognize to build your business, people need to be interested in you and your stuff? And if you're the best way to be in to be interesting is to be interested. If you be genuine and curious about them, they're gonna be naturally genuine and curious about you. All right. We're back to sharing. Are we back to sharing? Can you see it? <laughs> okay. Thanks, Wendy. All right. So the invite. This is, once you built rapport with them and they're interested in your offer or business, what can you invite them to? What can you invite them to? So whatever makes sense, depending on what you learn so far. Self-explanatory, isn't it? If we have, if we've learned something about them, if we've got to know them, if we feel their heart, if we get a, an intuition, gut sense of who they are and what they, what they need, then that gives us some intel in terms of what to invite them to. It's not rocket science. So this is very, very similar to the flow of the conversation as we have been going over in terms of the risk and reward and the context. So the speed at which you move, the speed at which you invite people to depends on the context, depends on the rapport that you've built. Also depends on what you're inviting them to because some invites are riskier than others. I'm not going to send a message to someone and say, hey, how you going? My name is Tyson. Do you want to get on a sales call? They're probably going to say no. I'll give you some. I'll give you some uh, intel there, because some are riskier than others. So just asking that: How much trust has been built so far? How much trust has been built, and how much interest are they showing in your, in your messaging, in the conversation itself? Right? Have you already added value to them? Have they already got some quick wins? and building some momentum? If so, that determines what would be appropriate, what would be a good fit to invite them to. 
So some examples. Inviting them to your tribe, your Facebook group or your LinkedIn groups or whatever you have set up that is your own individual community that you're running. It could be an event that you have coming up. It could be a freebie in terms of a lead generator to collect emails. It could be a free session. Hey, let's just jump on. Let me see if I can help you with this. Or a sales call, of course. Or even referrals. Maybe from what you've learned, they're a fit for someone else and not you. But always asking yourself, how can I, what can I invite them to that's going to help them move along on their journey? Get some quick wins, build some momentum, achieve something in particular. So how can you help them with that quick win given what they've said so far? So given what they've said so far, what you've learned, what you intuitively feel, you can even ask them, hey, would you, would you like to join my group? Or if you, if, you, if you join my group, here's what you're going to learn. Or asking them, even just asking them, hey, are you in too many groups these days and you'd rather something else? Ask them. If you come from your heart, they, will t- they can tell. They will feel it. And if they're receptive and they're rapport built, they'll generally open up and share with you what you can invite them to. So what to say? Of course, this is just a template. There's no right or wrong way to do this. I leave it open to interpretation for your own authenticity and vulnerability and openness. But simply asking them once rapport is built. But no matter what you invite them to, frame it in their benefit. It has to be framed in their benefit. I get a lot of people who um, invite me to a lot of stuff and I'm like, why am I, why am I being invited here? <laughs> you know, like, hey, check out this. I'm like, and, I'm all, and my brain is like, why? Why am I doing this? Right, risk versus reward. So if you frame it in their benefit, whether it's, Joining a sales call, a group, a PDF, a lead magnet, whatever it is, put it in their benefit. So hey, because you've shared this, if you're looking to achieve this, check this out because it's going to help you overcome this, this, and this. Just like when people join the serving circle. I don't say, hey, join the serving circle. I say, hey, join the serving circle because you're going to get links to access the collaborative calls where you can start connecting with these people. Or you can get access to the complimentary access to the Spirit and Business course that's going to help you create the inner shifts necessary to achieve a consistent flow of clients. Like they know why they they know why they're joining. It's in their benefit. Or is a sales call. Invite them on a sales call. Invite them to say, hey. If you're looking to solve this challenge, you're looking to achieve this outcome, do you want to see if my program's a perfect fit for you? Do you want to see if my program's the, the perfect thing that you're looking for? So framing it in their benefit. And always listening to feedback. I had a, I was sharing with my my clients, I had a, 
an outreach message that didn't go well. And I was doing it consistently. I'm like, ah, this is getting some resistance. It was along lines of whenever I connected with someone new, it was along the lines of, um, it was along the lines of, how have we how have we connected? How have we connected on f- Facebook? Or how how is it that you came across my my profile or something like that? And and relatively consistently, not a lot, but relatively consistently, people were it was provided with some resistance, and it was it might have been coming from the misinterpretation of like why are you reaching out to me? But then I started saying how we connected on this beautiful platform or how we connected. I love meeting new people. So then it, it says, oh, he's happy to connect. He's just curious about, you know, about how we've connected. So listening to the feedback and then testing and tweaking. Always be mindful. What's working? What's not working? When I'm inviting them to my community, what am I saying? And how is it being received? Always asking, how can I be more personable, more friendly, more high value, low risk in my conversations? And just testing and tweaking. Right? You're, going to be, you're going to be doing this consistently. So you might as well f- figure out what works and what doesn't work. Make sense? Does anyone have any questions? I know sometimes I don't keep up with the chat, but feel free to unmute yourself. Dawn. So with the consistent outreach, there's the opportunity, right, for you to have just like so many people to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you personally organize everything so that you can kind of um, stay connected, you know, closely connected with people who you do build some rapport with, but it's obviously not the time to be like, hey, here's a freebie or join my group or, you know, but somebody that you really feel a connection with. Mm -hmm. Do you have any way that you organize that? I do. I, uh, it's a great question. I actually put it in the online course. Um, so what I do f- to, to manage all of this, uh, what I do is I basically segment it. I'll reach out to probably uh, 15 to 20 people in, um, this is before a lot of people started joining the serving circle, but I'll reach out to, let's say, 20 people at a time. And then once those 20 people in those conversations sort of come to a close, a relative relative close. Um, and I leave it open for if they're wanting to communicate with me. But once it comes to a relative close, I'll go reach out to 20 more people. So that way, it's like if you go to a party and there's 20 people at the party, you're engaging with them and you're enjoying it and you, you know, you're building rapport and you're doing all these different things at the party. And then, you know, a few days after that, you'll message a few people and you have some conversations back and forth and you'll continue the banter and continue the fun. Then when you go to another party the next weekend, you're like, I can't go to that party because I haven't finished my conversations with the last party. It's not generally like that. But if you, if you are able to naturally wrap up some conversations and move on to the next, the next lot of people while still keeping that open and friendly and... and all that, then that's really cool. But to answer sort of your next question, I have segments in my calendar where I'm reaching out to people who it's more of a cold outreach, people who don't like, no one trust me yet. 
And then also people who I do like, know and trust and just continue those relationships and seeing how I can help even more. And so I'll do a bit of both and I'll segment it and I'll do it in a strategic way where I'm, I'm reaching out to new people while also nurturing the people who like, know and trust me. And so I might reach out to all of you guys in the serving circle. Many of you know, you get messages off me and I'm like, how else can the serving circle help? Who can I connect you with? And I do it. I connect you with people or I send you some resources or we get that conversation going we, we, um, and we build some deeper rapport. And many of you thank me for doing that, right? You thank me for doing that. And I think the more we can, the more we can have both, our businesses are going to benefit from it. Does that answer your, answer your question, Dawn? Yes, definitely. And Tyson, when you, because um, I ran into this this once when I promised to make a connection, or not promised, but I was like, yeah, I'll connect you with somebody in my network. And then it's like going to find that person in my network. I'm like, okay, okay, who do I know who does this or that or this or that? Um, do you have a way of organizing some of your contacts by, you know, like, because a lot of the times you are connecting people, mm-hmm. right? So do you have a, like kind of a database, Excel, you know, Google sheet or something like that, where you keep track of? Cause I feel like that could be really helpful. I do. I do. I have okay. an Excel spreadsheet where when I get on a connection call with someone, I'll, I'll register uh, them in an Excel spreadsheet and I'll just write down some, some facts about what they do, how they do it and everything like that. So then I can search through you know, some people, um, whenever I connect with someone, I'm like, oh, maybe they'll enjoy this person or I'll connect with that person, whatever. And then I'll, I'll make that introduction. Um, so that's, that's generally what I do is I, I put it all on an Excel spreadsheet. And, and once again, this may seem like a lot of work for people, but it also is, I don't see anything that's generally more beneficial for you building relationships and building your business in a way that's heart-centered and and aligned this can lead to a lot of opportunities to be able to know who's in your network know a little bit about them yeah even if you don't remember everything or someone does go missing or like you 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 can't remember everything as long as you just have the intent to know that that's where your that's where your focus is you really benefit so denise you had your hand up i think maybe not. Yep. So it's about organization for me because I'm a Virgo and I have about four systems and I'm working to integrate them into one. And now I might be adding another one <laughs> called a basic simple Excel sheet. So I use a simple, um, uh, basically a contact manager system that I like because it can set reminders and I it set a watch. So there's a certain type of people I say, remind me at nine o'clock Monday and I get an email with all their names and I just go through it. Mm-hmm. Does the Excel sheet allow you to set reminders to remember to track back and follow up with people? Cause I think that's part of Don's question is, is you've juggled them for a while. Now you're doing another 20 and another 20. And how do you remember to get back to interesting conversations from a month ago? I don't believe it's like, Excel sheet, Excel won't do that, but even I'll sometimes, if it's a really important uh, invite or it's a really important reminder, I'll put in my calendar. Um, but there are apps where you can do that. There are apps like um, 
like Trish got me on Smartsheet, which allowed me to build the uh, the directory for the serving circle. So that does allow me to have reminders and things like that. Um, and same with the the program that um, that I'm working on and uh, I've been given access to by my mentor Johan. So just ways to structure all of this. Um, but even if to me, to me, even if I don't circle back to every single conversation that was uh, important, if I'm doing seven to ten more conversations, more valuable conversations and more important conversations than what I would have been if I didn't, that to me is still worth it. So even if you don't have all the systems in place to make it 100% leak-proof, you're still going to benefit a lot from this but a lot of people won't do this because they're like i can't keep track of it anyway so i might as well just not do anything right um so that's that's or you have all those accidental things that happen like at the start of the call where you just run into somebody who turns into a little referral bunny just mm -hmm. because you had one point of contact mm -hmm. and so i think the story here is when your energy is right, you'll be attracting those people into your life anyways, regardless of your systems. Yep, exactly right. And, and I, I also believe that, yeah, when my energy is aligned, I know I'm going to have the conversations I'm into. And so there's one aspect of being strategic and, and um, more, you know, more structured around it. But there's also the flow of it as well. And just trusting, hey, if I'm meant to have conversations, I will. If I'm not, then I won't. And there's that deep, deep trust there that know that you're being guided by something more than your mind as well. So that's really important. So thanks, thanks Denise. That's, that helps. Anna, you have your hand raised. <laughs> I use the wrong hand. <laughs> so you, also that's so funny. Bit, you also gave someone a bit of a clap. Clapping and raising at the same time. I like that. Cool. So did you have a question yeah. at all? Sorry, I just want a quick comment that I put columns in my spreadsheet. I use this Excel as well. And, and I put columns related to like notes and how I, where they came from or how I met them and how I communicate with them, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or email or messenger or whatever type of avenue we utilize to communicate their origin or my relationship with them um, in different contexts. And then I have dates like of the initial contact. So was it a year ago? Was it two weeks ago? It helps me differentiate that. And then I have the most recent contact and then I update that with recent contact in an ongoing fashion, if that makes sense. Totally. Awesome, good stuff. That really helps. So hopefully everyone's uh, you've got some sort of indication on how you can apply this in your world, in your business. Uh, so I'll move on and we'll go into the key, just the business accelerators, everything that allows this to amplify. If you just can amplify everything, then your efforts are going to be time well spent. So, So these are really the three the three principles, the three accelerators for a profitable program. If you want your program to be profitable, these are the things that I have found and by my coaches, mentors, programs, everything leads to these three things, just being the most consistent thing. 
So many of my clients go through this, and this is a subtle reminder, this is the pyramid of what matters most. So your vibration. I'm sure you know deep down I can teach you the best tactic, tool, and strategy or give you the best copy. And if your vibration is one of scarcity or fear or lack or attachment or resistance, we're just in a level of consciousness now where we need a bit more than strategy. Your vibration is where everything stems from. So that's what's most important. The next piece. I don't know of any successful person in this industry who's got weak messaging and a poor offer. But if you have a strong message in terms of who you help, how you help them, the problems that you help them over, overcome and the, the outcomes and transformation you help them achieve, and then you have an offer that's irresistible and you have an offer that is already what they're asking for, can you see how that can work on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok, on whatever apps I may be unaware that's being created right now? It can work on anything because it's communication. If your messaging and through your content and your offer is all aligned, it can work on any strategy, any platform and with any tactic. But what are most people focused on? I'd say about 90% as a rough estimate, are focused mostly towards the top and the things that matter least. And they're just trying to find what works nowadays. Is it TikTok? Oh, let me go on TikTok and put out my uh, message that doesn't make sense and give an offer that's the same as everyone else's. And they then they're like, oh, well, TikTok didn't work. Oh, well, let's go to Instagram or let's go to, you know, who knows? So most people are focused on the things that don't actually matter most. What you're learning here is your vibration is the key piece. And what we're going to focus on next is this. Once you understand your vibration, you're doing your meditations, you're healing a lot of your inner fears, your insecurities, your, your doubts. And now you can start focusing on what is my messaging? How do I deliver that through my content? And what's an offer that's irresistible, that's a no-brainer? for my audience. This is really what it looks like. For you to have a profitable program, it's just another visual way of representing it. It all stems from your magnetic messaging. If you have a magnetic message, have you ever heard a message or heard someone say, hey, this is what I do and how I help people? And they're like, holy, and you're like, that's fascinating. Could you imagine if everyone had that reaction when you're doing your outreach. If you outreach to you know, 20, 30, 40 people every week and they, they're all like, geez, that's fascinating. What will that do to your outreach efforts? What will that do to the amount of people following your content? What will that do for the amount of sales calls you have? Next piece is compelling content. And we'll get into all these, but your content needs to deliver also on your message needs to deliver value but also on your messaging and your so your your messaging forms like your messaging is the uh is like the seed that births your content and then from your content people come into your irresistible offer 
and these are the things that birth your profitable program. If one's missing, then that's a, that's a link in the chain that's weak. So we'll go into these. But this is the 5%, I believe. Despite the 80-20, this is like the 5% that leads to 95% of the outcomes. You're focusing on this. Can you see how your outreach, your outreach efforts, you're reaching out to seven people a day or five people a day or 30 people a week or whatever you're doing, can you see the difference that that outreach efforts will lead to when you have these in place? You'll see the difference in how profitable your program is. So just some keys. Because I go through, I'll give you some indication. I go through all of these when I'm in my, in my calendar. I'll have time. And this is what I encourage for, for my clients as well is to schedule time when you're implementing resourceful action towards this. So how many people sit down each week and say, how can I improve my message here? How can I improve on my communication? Unless you're Wendy. There's not a lot. But there's, there's not many people who are consistently working on how do I communicate this? How do I, how do I put this into content? How do I weave this into my content? How do I provide an irresistible offer? An offer that's creative, resourceful, very low risk, high reward. These are the areas that once... once I have, once, I, once I'm looking at people who are either in my, in my program, becoming clients, once we work on all the inner work, these are the, these are the areas that we really focus on because this is the 5% of activities that lead to 95% of the outcomes. So we'll go into a bit of these and we'll, you'll see what you can implement in your business to start generating more of those conversations. So your messaging. My God, how important. So this is how you explain your offer and why people need it. So I put this as an example. Show me one successful person, especially in the online space these days, who's a coach or who's building content, who's building communities, who has a weak message and a crappy offer. It just doesn't happen. But what happens when your message is very broad, very vague, very nebulous? A lot of people, you can, you can see this either in yourself or in people that are in your niche or other business owners who are in your, uh, in your field and start to see their messaging. Look at their messaging and see, is this compelling or not? Does it say, hey, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help this person overcome this specific problem and achieve this outcome? Like when I put out a message, I, when I was putting a message in the uh, serving circle, I test and tweak this stuff. I say, what is it that they're after? I say, hey, does anyone want to, uh, does anyone have the outcome of achieving, achieving five, 5K months using social media? And I'll see who responds. And I'll say, hey, anyone want to achieve this or overcome that or whatever? And I'll, I'll test and tweak this in my, in my own business. But how many people have I help women uh, overcome their fears and live a more fulfilling life by reaching deeper levels of self-love. It sounds nice.
but is it compelling? Is 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 it compelling enough for someone to say I'm I'm willing to invest my energy, effort, and my finances to jump into that particular program? Once again, is your message broad? Is it vague? Is it nebulous? Where it may make sense to you, but doesn't make sense to everyone else. So some other key questions. Are you clear, specific, and compelling with one, your niche of who of the person you help, two, the problem that you solve, and three, the outcome or transformation you help people achieve? Are you clear, specific, is it compelling? Just simply notice what's the response from the market. When you say, hey, this is what I do, what is the response? Are people interested to learn more? Are they leaning in like, oh my God, I think that's for me. Right, so with Molly, Molly had a a specific niche to do with teachers. That's why when she shared it with the teacher in the supermarket, she was like, oh my God, I've got like 40 friends that I can invite. Why? Because it's specific. It's specific. And it's clear. So what's the response been? Are people buying your stuff? Are people interested to know more? Do they say, hey, that's for me, or I do know someone who you can help? Ask that about your messaging. Compelling content. So this is how you add value. But it's, it's, it's adding value while also building demand and desire for your program. I think this is what people miss. I learned this from a program uh, with, with James Wedmore and he said this, and I'm like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. Because when you have your content, a lot of people put out content and it's, it's rarely enough these days because there's so much content out there. But for you to add value while also building demand and desire for your program, that's the key. So it's, it's giving out content that adds value, but also weaving in your messaging, your business messaging of who you help, how you help them, what's the problems that you're solving, what's the outcomes transformation that you're helping them achieve, and why they need it. Why is this so important? What's at stake here if they do or don't achieve this? So is your content doing more than just adding value? Is it building demand and desire for your program? So some questions for your content. Are people engaging with your content? Are they asking to know more? Are they reaching out and asking questions about your program? About your course? About your paid offer? Is that what they're doing? And if they do, ask them why. Ask them, what was it that was engaging? What was it that grabbed your attention? What was it that was, you know, simply uh, wanting you to know more? But if they're not engaging, if they're not responding, if people aren't showing interest, you have to ask, oh, okay, how can I, how can I build more demand and desire in my content? 
to make sense. Cool. An irresistible offer. This is where it gets fun. This is what I call the fun stuff. Where you actually put out an offer. Now this can still be to your free stuff or your paid stuff. But an irresistible offer is one that's a no-brainer. It has them saying yes and it has them saying thank you. So the vast majority of people who jump into jump into my program, they thank me afterwards. And I was I remember back when I was just starting out coaching and in business and I was thinking about creating offers for people and I'm like, "Oh my god, I have to try to manipulate them to think this way so that they'll buy my stuff so that I'll feel enough." And just how much of a paradigm shift it's been being able to be creative, fun, playful with the amount of offers that I create and having it be such a no-brainer where it gives so much value but such low risk where they're like, oh my God, thank you for this. This is what I'm after and thank you. And it goes so far beyond just placing a price. So what's a no-brainer? What's what they're already asking for? If you can have, If you can have this as a fun exercise for yourself. Say, what is it I can create? What would be awesome? What would be exciting for me to present? You'll have more people saying yes. You'll have more people thanking you. You'll have more people in your program that they're benefiting. They're like, oh my God, this is great. So some questions about irresistible offer. Do you have a clear promise? and a process of how to get them from A to B and a clear price. The promise, process, and the price. And does it address the FUDs? These are the fears, the uncertainties, and the doubts. Does it address the fears, the uncertainties, and doubts of your audience and prospects to alleviate risk? For example, with my program, I say, to, I say to someone when I'm on the phone, I'm like, look, if you jump in for the first month, we get on a call one month into it. And we have a chat. We say, what's been your wins? What's been your, your insights? Is this still an exciting fit for you? Is it, still a, is it still a hell yes? And if not, I can give the money back. I can give the investment back because I want you to use that investment for something that is on your heart's calling, something that is exciting for you, something that's going to help you get outcomes and results, something that's going to help your soul evolve. And if that's not with me, I want it to be with someone else. I want it to be in alignment with you. And so if it's not a hell yes, and if, it's, if you don't love the benefits and if you're not seeing results, then it's as simple as that. So does your offer address these fears and uncertainties and doubts so that you lower the risk, heighten the value, and where really the, the risk is on you to deliver? Right, for someone to jump into a program and, and get a certain amount of either, either a guarantee or a you know, certain amount of 
an offer that's just an offer that's just irresistible for them. It's it's a no brainer. And do you have bonuses and add-ons? Do you have bonuses of programs or courses or um, or add-ons for collaborations or whatever it may be as part of your offer? And do you explain why with each component? This is important. To have a promise, a process, a price, to have the, the risks alleviated, to have your bonuses, and for you to explain why each component is there is important because if you don't explain why, they're going to go in their mind and they're going to create some things in, in their head of why this is the way it is. And their explanation is not going to be as good as yours. So you have to explain it to them. Say, hey, here's why the price is the way it is. Here's why the process is the way it is. Here's why I'm offering this and this bonus and this add-on. So where you can test your irresistible offer, if you had 10 warm leads come to you right now, how many would say yes? And journal that, document it. Document how many people come to you and how many are saying yes and are you listening to the feedback? Making sense? Anyone freaking out? So, I see these three components sort of like the wheels of a machine because once you have, they sort of compound on each other. If you reach out to 40 new people, how many more of those conversations can be effective? If when you're reaching out to those 40 people and you're using all the things that we've learned here, but you've got really strong messaging, and then you might, it might lead them to checking out really, really cool, compelling content where they get a lot of value, but they also it also allows them to build demand and desire for your offer. And then your offer is strong and it's irresistible and it's compelling. Can you see the momentum? Can you see the, uh, can you see the type of compound effect this might have? Even if your messaging and your content and offer start to increase by, let's say, 15 to 20% in each component, at least to a compounded effect on the amount of clients you have, amount of revenue bringing in, amount of impact you're able to create. You'll have more and more of those 40 people being like, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for helping me with this win. Thank you for giving me this this type of opportunity. This makes sense. Deborah's ready to go. She's like, come on, bring it on. Do we have any questions? Feel free to raise your hand or unmute yourself. I'm gonna jump in, Tyson. Go for it. Okay, so this graphic has got my brain in a knot okay, great. because typically I think the messaging gets people to the offer where they access the content. Oh, okay. I noticed that you put things upside down, like 
hey, I've got this project going on. Do you want to develop 5K months using social media leads? And you gave us access to this un incredible platform. People, if you aren't there yet, you've got to just book the next four days to just live on it. Um, so we get access to the content for time limited time, which then goes, okay, I want to pay buy into your paid program. So you do it a little differently than other people I've seen, because you literally give stuff away and say, if you want more then ask me for it. Mm -hmm. Um, so this graphic's got my brain in a knot. Do you see where I'm saying is that the average bear in the rest of the world says, you got your message, they like it, give them an offer, you sell them the content. Okay, gotcha. When I say content here, I mean the free content. Right. The free content that you put out there to nurture an audience. Got now, it. it's not necessarily your messaging leads to content that leads to an offer. These are key components of it. So your messaging is in your content, right? So it's just aspects of, do you have a compelling message? Do you have, uh, do you have magnetic messaging, a compelling content and an irresistible offer? So content that you put out consistently is content for me, for example, the podcast. It's things like the posts, the videos that I do in the serving circle or on my personal page. So this is the free content that I put out there to nurture an audience. And it's not necessarily my messaging leads to my content. This isn't like a step-by-step. -step. These are just the components of a machine that if each one of them strong, then it's going to lead to a, a well-oiled machine and not it's not going to break down at some point. So my messaging's in my content. And so I can go, people can check out my content and be engaged with my message therefore leads to an offer and so you can have for example if you reach out to someone and you and you're doing your outreach you can send them two pieces of your content that help them get value help them build demand and desire for your program if it's right fit but because it's got strong message because it's got a strong message of who you help how you help them the problems that you solve the outcomes and transformations you help people achieve and why it's so important does that make sense? Yeah. Thanks for getting my brain um, looking at things from another perspective. You, you achieved that aim. <laughs> no problem. Great. Kim Kimball. Hi there. Yeah, I was really intrigued by what you said about um, essentially building demand and desire for your programs in your messaging and how you know, just having good or even great content isn't, isn't enough anymore. And I feel that on, some, you know, there's so much of that out there. I feel that on a deep soul level. But when you say that, I'm thinking CTA, and I don't think that's exactly what you mean. So I'm, I'm curious if you can give me a example of sort of weaving that in and what that would look like. Yeah, the call to action is the offer. Yeah. Um, the content itself is is building demand and desire. For example, if you have a, all right, let's give an example. Let's give an example of health. If you have content that says, um, here's how to get rid of this ailment. And you say, hey, did you know that you're, that you're maybe experiencing this ailment because of this, this, and this? And they didn't know that. And they're like, holy shit. And you're like, to, to, so to alleviate some pain, 
All you need to do is this one thing. And here's why. If you don't do that one thing, this is what you're going to experience. But if you do that one thing, here's the outcome transformation you're going to experience. So you can see how that builds value because you explain something they don't know. And like, oh my God, I had no clue this back pain was here because I'm sitting in this way, I'm breathing in this way, and I'm actually doing this during the day as an activity. And like, so to alleviate that pain, you just need to do this one exercise where you lay down on the ground and you lift your legs and uh, you do that for, you know, three minutes a day. And like, thank you. And then that gives a lot of value. And the way in which you build demand and desire for it is once you give that value, you say, hey, and if you're also, if you're also starting to experience this or you're experiencing how this ailment may lead to this thing, then here's the, out, here's the outcome transformation I'll help you achieve. And if you go and achieve this, and if you go and you, you, you jump onto a call with me and you don't achieve this thing in the next 30 days, I can, give you, I can give you money back or you can have this bonus, you can keep this bonus for free or you can, whatever. I'll, I'll work with you until, you until the ailment's gone and just if you give an irresistible offer in that way, then those pieces, can you see how that content was able to give value? The offer's a no-brain irresistible and therefore that piece is going to allow your outreach and your messaging to be very strong. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the example. I appreciate it. No problem. Deborah, you also got your hand raised very politely. So Oops. you said talk about the pricing and like how you come to that so they don't make up a story, maybe I'm guessing. And I wonder how you get to your pricing personally. And then I noticed for me, I'm raising and raising my prices, not because I want to just have more. It's because I want to have less people that I stay with longer mm -hmm. and they're really willing to do their work and they stay, you know, they stay longer. They do their work. They stay longer on, um, there's more transformation um, they, they send me referrals to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so pricing, right? Not out of scarcity or fear. So how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, sure. So some keys when it comes to pricing, you really want to make sure for me personally, I like to have what's the outcome transformation they're going to achieve and how is that value 10 times their investment? If the, if the value is, if the value and transformation they achieve is 10 times that what they invest in, and that to me, that to me is a no brainer, right? So for my pricing, if someone's going to achieve, you know, five, six, 7,000 K months, then it makes sense why they would, why they would invest, you know, five, six, $700 a month you know, for the time we work together, let alone all of the inner healing and the transformations that my clients say is the number one thing that they go for and the number one thing that they stay for, you know, is, is because of all of that. But if we're working on your business and I say even just tangibly, that's the value that they're able to receive, right? And so explaining that is really important. Explaining the value of your program 
explaining the value and the perceived value of the outcome and transformation and why the price is, is a no-brainer. If they can't see that, then that's up to them. But it's up to you to have the onus of, of explaining that value and explaining the perceived value of what they're going to achieve. Like People can see visually, they can represent when they, they're going through a program. We do two group calls a week and each week, each, each time they jump on a call, they're working on something internally or in their business and as you guys have had access to the online course, so you see the, the content that's in there, it's just like every single one is a, is a practical example of how you can start boosting your, your business a little bit more. It's do with your messaging, your content, your offer, providing the energy around it, doing your outreach in ways that are more fun and strategic and, um, and aligned. And you can visually see people coming into your business more and more and having a consistent flow of clients. So if they can see that and they understand what that represents and then healing everything along the way internally so their soul expands and they follow the soul's journey of why they're here on this planet, I don't see anything, I don't see anything more, more valuable. Um, but that's how, I, that's how I price it on top of the irresistible off. Say, hey, you can be in there for a month and if you don't fall in love with the process and fall in love with the outcome of the transformation you're going to achieve, I can give you the investment back. I'm not here to have people in my program who aren't a right fit. I'm here to have people who are total fit and who are aligned with each other, where they're supporting each other, providing accountability and really aligned. So that's why I have that there as well. Um, let, me, let me finish some of, the, some of the slides that I have, just some key reminders and things like that. And then we'll go more into, I'll open it up for more of a Q&A. I can stay back for a little bit more. So putting this all together. So remember the reason why I started this. Remember the challenges you were having. The Remember the intent you had, the goals that you set to achieve a consistent flow of clients, get more business opportunities, more clients, more leads. And how you learned that it's very, very difficult to do that while you're doing the same thing as everyone else. Right, there's some there's some deep challenges in there. Everyone's focused on things that aren't aren't necessarily either working or, or important, and everyone's just blending with everyone else. Right, we now have a new opportunity. So you now have new business conversations going on, and you now have a resourceful, creative, fun, playful way of engaging people and generating these leads these conversations these collaborations so now you have this choice this is why i look at it i can either master like consistently master the things that matter most consistently master the things that are going to help my business move forward or continue doing what everyone else is doing and continue sticking to what my mind feels is comfortable because my mind says hey let's just do what we're doing and if we can test and tweak some things in a way that's uh, safe, then I'm all for that. But notice what your heart says. Notice your heart says, hey, we're here to expand and do something that's completely fucking different. Right? In a way that's just, let's put our heart out there. Let's follow our mission and our calling. And let's do it in a way that's fun. Let's, let's take the best out of life and really go for it. That's what, that's what me building business is. It's saying, hey, my heart says this is exciting slash scary. Let's do it. 
the more you can do that with your messaging, with creating offers, with being in a space of uh, fun, adding more fun into your life. If you can do that, your business growth, your business journey becomes the tool for your spiritual growth and your personal growth. It really becomes just this incredible uh, blend of everything that matters most to you. And it's not this thing that I need to figure out. And if I don't figure it out, then I'm going to be frustrated and I'm going to be upset. And if I don't achieve this certain outcome, then I'm going to feel not enough and I'm not going to feel loved. It becomes this harmonizing blend of a, of a spiritual journey where you can make as much money as you want to make. You can have as much fun as you want. You can create content that really inspires people, that allows you to get out there and be authentic and vulnerable and honest and open. It's a real, real good blend. So you can see this sort of come together. It's fun. It can be fun. So I'm open for questions. I don't think I had any more slides. But for the... Um, actually, I did. So for questions, I'll open up for questions. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a pause on it and I'm going to send out an email to everyone who they think this might be a good fit for them. And it's going to be open in three days so that everyone can catch up with the recording. So those of you who are watching the recording, well done. Everyone can catch up with the recording. And if you think it's a perfect fit for you, I'll give you all the details. I've talked about it anyway on here and given you some of the keys but I'm open for some, some Q&A, some deeper questions, how you can relate this to your own business. But this will be my Friday, your Thursday, if you're in North America. Uh, so your next action step, either you can send it to me as a personal message in the Zoom or as a personal message um, on Facebook. Let me know, hey, I wanna know all the details. Um, the heart-centered CEO, I actually, open, honest, vulnerable, not a huge fan of the name. So if you have any ideas, I know I've been running this for about a year or so, but if you have any, any ideas on the name of the program, I'm thinking the spiritual CEO. Here's where I came up with the name. I believe the, the being a heart-centered CEO or a spiritual CEO is the version of you who can who can follow your heart while also learning the skills of creating money on demand. If you know the skills, the energy, the awareness to create money on demand, and you're also using that, using the skills, the tools, the processes through the filter of love, that to me is the combination. So that's why I came up with the Heart Center CEO or whatever name it's going to be next. Who knows? So three days, I'll put out an email to everyone who's interested and give you all the details of, of what you need to know and how to and where to go next. And happy to jump on a, uh, a chat if you have any questions. But open for Q&A. Who here would love to ask questions regarding how they can apply this to their business, regarding the program regarding their takeaways, insights, anything, anything you guys want to share.
Well, first of all, Kim, did I answer your question before? Me, Kim? Yes. Yes, you did. Kim. Yes, you did. Thank you. And I'll, I'll just jump in with another question um, if you have time. I do. Um, so I would love to hear, because I've been trying to do the meditations and I've, I've listened to the, I think it's the overcoming obstacles portion in, in the course. Um, but I have so much mind chatter come up, which I know you said to, to actually choose an amount of time that will allow that mind chatter to emerge in your mind to kind of go crazy. But I'm just wondering if you can refresh me on how to sort of go through that process, because I do feel like a lot of my issue is like those attachments to so many things within business, right? The money or the clients or whatever it may be. Um, and I want to be able to operate from a place of non-attachment and just truly heart-centered serving people. And I think that is a lot of what needs to shift for me. So if you can just like do a brief walkthrough of how to work with what comes up in my mind during that, that would be great. Cool. So like Tyus, if you could snap your fingers and get rid of this, then that would be great. No, 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 not that. Of like, how can I work through it? Yeah, you know? I get you. I get you. Uh, who also relates with this question of finding either a crazy mind or having attachments, these sort of things when you're doing these business processes? Here's one thing that I, I realized. A lot of us can see these as, as problems to go, how do I solve this? When we're attached to something, we're attached to an outcome, we're attached to the way someone needs to behave, we're attached to, you know, particular people and numbers in our on our social media. If we when you notice that attachment, you're like, oh, if I if that didn't achieve that, I would feel this. All right, who knows what I'm talking about? It's oh my god, I'm just if I was to achieve that, I would feel this. If I wasn't to achieve that, I was to fail, I would feel this. And there's that worthiness attached to it, there's safety attached to it, there's frustration there I see this as a neutral pattern that's there to teach you something so rather than rather than having a attachment to something oh how do I get less attached to it I see my attachment as an energy form that's there to teach me another way of saying that is we're meant to have attachments. We are meant to have attachments. On the spiritual journey, so on the spiritual journey, we come down here in the in this crazy realm. There's heavy in density and it's 3D. And yes, we forget who and what we really are. And we're meant to. We're meant to forget. We're meant to be attached to everything. We're meant to have all these fears and uncertainties and doubts. The reason being is because when you come down here, your, your soul fragments. And the spiritual journey, how your soul grows, is by going on the journey of reclaiming your fragmented self, your fragmented soul, those energy signatures that you're down here to reclaim. Now, the interesting thing is that's what the attachments signify. The attachment signifies, hey, there's a part of my fragmented soul here, right? So I'm another way of saying this that's less woo-woo is, hey, I'm giving away my power to money. I'm giving away my power to money. 
that says, hey, I'll do the things that I don't want to do as long as I can receive safety in this world. Or my worthiness and significance and love is attached to if I achieve this, this number, right? And so therefore, this internal resistance, this internal attachment is there to say, hey, there's a part of your soul there or part of your power that you're ready to reclaim. And this is why I see this, the business journey as building a business is just the, the best way for you to go on the journey of saying, what in this world are parts of me I need to reclaim and reclaim back my power, become more whole. This is the enlightenment process. This is the wholeness process. This is you saying, this is all an illusion out here, but what animates me? What animates my emotion? What is their emotional intensity in terms of deep levels of love or bliss or fear or sadness? And what is there that I need to learn? So for so for me to say, oh, I don't want to be attached to anything. I'm like, no, I want to I want to I want to see where I'm attached and thank my attachment to say, oh my God, there's something there for me to reclaim. Because then you get to go inside and say, oh my God, what if I don't achieve that thing? What will I need to feel? And what side of me would I need to hold a loving safe space for? And then you'll notice, hey, there's this little inner five-year-old who says you need to make money to feel safe. Or this little inner five-year-old that says you need to succeed and be successful to, to be enough and loved and seen. And then you get to hold a loving safe space for that five-year-old where those patterns start to heal. If I didn't have that attachment to money, if that attachment wasn't there in the first place, I never would have been able to see that in a five-year-old who is ready to be loved and healed. Right? And therefore, all of our patterns around attachments, where we're in resistance, right? Where, where we're um, are judging and all the, all the fears and the, and the fear jar, they are neutral patterns that are there to teach us. They are neutral patterns that are guiding us to where we need to learn and grow and become more whole. With the eventual uh, experience being, hey, I can follow my heart without any, by, and reclaim my power so that while I follow my heart, it's not coming through the filter of, oh, but how do I make money doing that? Or what if I don't make any money? Make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Thank you. So for example, with Molly, Molly's taken the, the crazy leap of just following her heart and selling all of her stuff and moving to Colorado and she's got she's got no clue what's happening next. She's able to have the courage of following her heart like that because she sits and meditates and does all this inner work. And as she sits and does all this inner work to do with her fear jar, she has the courage to take the leaps that says, hey, my mind's freaking out. This is in a five-year-old freaking out and doesn't know what's going to happen next. Doesn't know how it's going to make money. Or doesn't know what all this is happening. And then she takes a leap through a deep level of trust, a deep level of surrender. And then she's just followed by grace and guidance. And all of a sudden, everything that needs, everything that's provided is needed. And it's just, she welcomes it in. Now, I'd rather live like that. I'd rather live following my heart, taking my leaps and going on a journey of, uh, of, of grace and fulfillment 
rather than this surface level, let's try to make money while being safe, while trying to feel enough, while you know giving my power away to here and other people's opinions and all those all those things. That probably wasn't where I thought the answer was going to go, but that's where it went. Thank you. Kim, do you have any follow-up questions? No, I don't I don't think so. Thank you. Okay, great. What other questions come up? Anything else? Let me ask this. This will kind of be like a bonus training. Think of some fears. Think of where you're attached, whether it may be money, where there may be the success of your business, where there may be the opinions of other people. Like, where are you giving away your power? Where are you giving away your power? Where is your, where is your attention? Whether it may even be the past, whether you, whether you have resentments about the past, whether you're freaking out about anxieties about the future, whether it be attachments, where, you, where your judgments are, where you're in resistance. Can we all highlight something that we know our energies, like if our energy's coming through our head, as Carolyn May says, energy circuits come through your head and it's going and linking out to something that you're attached to and, and um, you know where your energy's going in this illusion of the 3D world. Can we all, can we all picture something or know of something where our energy's going? Here's one question. When you observe that, if you have a worst case scenario, what is that worst case scenario? And what will you feel? What, it, what emotion would come up if that worst case scenario is to happen? If you were to go broke or be alone or be sick or be judged or be rejected or have shame, what would you feel? And notice that as you feel it, as you hold a loving safe space without any judgment, without any resistance, know that that inner five-year-old that's, that's freaking out is starting to be healed. It's starting to dissipate. And it's dissipating and it's healing so that you can go on the spiritual heartfelt journey of taking your leaps. So many people go to, let's say if there's a bridge, you're on one side of the bridge. And let's say it's a scary bridge. It's a creaky wooden bridge that's got a gorge underneath it. Most people want to meditate and heal so that when they cross the bridge, they're in bliss. That's not how life works. There's a certain part, there's a certain amount that you can heal, but really it's in healing what needs to heal so that we have the courage to walk across the bridge. And while we're walking across the bridge, everything that comes up is meant to come up so we can heal that as well. So here's where it applies to business. You sit and meditate. And as you sit and meditate, you start to 
ask these deep questions around your fears and around what would you feel if your worst case scenario is to happen. And as you feel it fully without resistance and judgment, you hold a loving safe space with this inner five-year-old. That's when you get your insight that says, hey, what if you just did this? What if you just started this podcast or this YouTube channel or you put out this offer or you created this post or you reached out to this person for a collaboration? Or you cross the bridge. What happens then? Do you follow your mind? Or do you follow your heart? Do you follow your heart and courage of saying, hey, this is where your soul's leading you? Or do you follow your mind that says, no, I need to stay safe and I need to be more comfortable and I need to just do this course and then that course and then, and then I'll be able to do that. Are you listening to your soul? Are you listening to your highest excitement, your highest expansion? The most, of the, the most, of the, um, the most of the coaching I do is helping people cross that bridge, and you'll be very surprised with how many people in the program. Although it's to do with business, they develop the skill of following their heart. And they will move countries, or they will move interstate, or they'll get married, or they'll get divorced, or they'll create this crazy thing with their with their health, right? Or they because that's where their heart guides them. This is your soul says this is where you're meant to go, and then they do it, and they heal what needs to be healed along the way. And as they do that, they're just following this grace-filled path where I sit back and be like, holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe that happened because they're listening to their heart and they say, okay, now you can be trusted with your next guidance. You can be trusted with your next guidance and because you're not following something that's logical, you're able to welcome things that aren't logical. Have you ever thought about it that way? The more you just follow your logical mind, the only thing you can achieve is logical. You'll never achieve the thing where you talk to one person for five minutes and they invite 40 people into your Facebook group. Did I share last, last week my, um, the story with AJ, my first ever client doing this? Did I share that? I think I did, yeah. And as a summary, he did this. And the, the $360,000 tax bill he didn't know how to, how to pay disappeared. And then the IRS paid him $90,000. Crazy. Went to Brazil and broke his leg. Because he broke his leg, he came back to the States and met the love of his life. These are things that aren't logical. It's not logical. But it's only because he didn't follow logic, he followed his soul. Now, do you want to build your business that way? Do you want to build your business where you welcome in things that aren't logical? Right? Where you meet people and you have experiences. And you have opportunities that your mind couldn't see. It requires a deep level of courage to do the inner healing necessary. Hence why three years ago I said, hey, I'm, I'm just going to meditate two hours a day and just sit in silence and see what happens. Couple that with what you're learning in terms of your messaging, in terms of the offers you're going to create. 
terms of the content you're going to create, in terms of the, the fun, creative ways to do your outreach. Do you see how all of this compounds into something that's both business and strategic while also spiritual and just following grace? Now, I can ramble on for hours, but who's got questions about how to apply this into their life? Maybe some fears they have, maybe some things they have about their messaging, their content, their offers, any particular questions? These are all done. Are you ready for another rant? Or do you want to go to bed? What's the time there? I know it's not very late where you are, Helena. So it's early. What's the time there, Anna? Anna, I'm talking to you. It's 10 to 7. 10 to 7. Okay, we're good. Helena wants to go to bed and it's not even midday. No questions, hey. Let me give some let me give some insights here in terms of your offer. Bonus content number two. When you're creating offers, when you're thinking about what's something I can create that's a no-brainer, that's irresistible, think of it from your client's perspective. Think of it from your, your audience's perspective. And think about the think about the energy that you've provided when you bought something that was a no-brainer. What's something that when you bought, when you paid for something, you invested in it and you got this incredible result? What was that energy for you? What made it a no-brainer? What made it irresistible? What made it so that when you jumped in, someone you were like, this is a steal. The energy you want to provide for someone is when they almost think to themselves that I'm taking advantage of you. It's like, I can't believe, it's almost like they're screwing you over. It's, it's that type of, it's that type of, Irresistible. Now, what fun, creative, playful way can you present an offer that's not just, hey, it costs this much? What's something that you can create? Thinking from your client's perspective, your audience's perspective, what's something you can create that clearly has the promise of what they're going to achieve. It's got the process of how it's going to get them from A to B. And it's got the price and the value. The transformation is 10 times the investment. That's the price. And what do you do to make sure that their, their fears, uncertainties and doubts are alleviated? What's some creative ways? Like I said, you can either have the guarantee, you can have I'll work with you until you achieve this, 
or if you don't achieve it, I can give you the investment back. Or like me, if you go into it for a month and you're just like, it's not aligned with me anymore, or if you don't like the content, or if you don't like me wearing the same thing every day, it's up to you. Okay, if it's not aligned, I don't, I don't want you to be in this program because to me, to me what matters is your soul. If your soul's not guiding you here, then we need you to be on your path. But if for whatever reason, if you are in the program and it's exciting, it's still scary, still scary to the mind, but it feels exciting to your heart, then I want you to be in there and I want to make it very easy for you to be in there and I want to make sure that when you're there, you're seeing all the results. The results that your mind wants to see and the results that you welcome in that your mind can't see. And that's who I want to have because when people are in the program, we, we get together quite a lot. We do two group calls a week and they're like this. They go on forever. It doesn't have to go on forever, but sometimes I have trouble stopping. And we and we, we brainstorm, we, we go through so many different ways in which people transform and they share and they're open and vulnerable and they're all breaking through and they're doing these different things. And I want that energy to be there. So if I have people in the program who aren't the fit, then that energy is no longer there. That'll impact on, on the energy of the calls and the business breakthroughs and all those different things. I want to make sure their businesses are rock and rolling, we're all working together, we're providing accountability for each other to cross that bridge. And so that's what matters most to me. And I feel blessed to be able to do it. Anna. So were you saying that you're, oh, you can hear me, right? You, you were saying that you're gonna, you didn't wanna talk about the group and more details about it here. You wanted us to message around that. Well, I've talked a little bit about Did it. I hear one, that thing right? that, one thing that I wanted to do and give everyone the three days to catch up with the recordings and the, and the replays and the reason being is because before this, I was actually thinking, hey, what if I come up with an offer that's completely unique to you guys? And it hasn't necessarily formulated yet. But I thought, I'd say, hey, how about all opens up in a few days and I'll give everyone a chance to create a, uh, you know, the create opportunity to catch up if they've missed the replays or if they haven't necessarily done some of the exercises and outreached with enough people. So I'm like, yeah, in three days, I'll, um, I'll open it up. And before this call, I was like, you know what, I'm going to create an offer, take my own advice and create an offer that's unique to the people who have completed this program. So that's what I thought I'd do. And I've got some ideas in mind that I'm excited to share, but I thought I'd, uh, I'd see who's interested first. And for those who are interested, they're going to shoot me a message and the invite's going to go to, going to, go to those people. So that's what, I'm, uh, that's what I'm going to do moving forward. And I'll provide all the details in the email if anyone wants to jump on a quick chat um, about if they have any specific questions for their own business or their own life or how we can make things work, then yeah, definitely happy to do that. Any other questions? Thank you. No problem, Anna. No other questions. All right, let me ask, what was the biggest takeaway, biggest insight, biggest 
biggest breakthrough for the three calls. I have three calls. What was one thing? If you want to type it in the chat, you can. Or if you want to jump on and share, you can. What was the one? What's one thing that was a, a major takeaway, insight, breakthrough? What's something that was big for you? Janine, vibration is the number one. So true. Lindsay, the fear jar, nice. It's something I ask myself every day. Okay, where are my fears? Where, where are my judgments? What am I attached to? Where am I in resistance to life? It allows me to notice those patterns in my energy that says, hey, you're giving away your power here. I believe the reason why we start manifesting like crazy and start welcoming in things, results and grace that's uh, not logical is because what you're actually doing is energetically bringing back your power so it's here. So it's here in this present moment. When your energy is here in this present moment, your energy is able to flow through your own creativity. It's able to flow through to people heart to heart. It's able to flow through in terms of your, your intuition and your guidance. And you're able, to, you're able to attract and welcome in more of who and what you are, which is more unconditional love. It's abundance. It's grace. Everything that who and what you are. And that's because you've taken the time to sit and heal what needs to be healed so you can reclaim your energy. Imagine moving forward, moving forward through your life where you have clients coming in consistently in a way that's fun. You have an irresistible offer in a way that's aligned with you and you're serving clients in your programs that just feels like this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. All the while, you say, and if all of that was to fall away, I would feel exactly the same. I'd feel just as blessed, just as grateful, just as happy, just as guided, just as enough. Do you think your clients are going to feel that? Do you think your audience is going to feel that? Do you think when you have when you put out an offer or some content, people are going to feel that? Awesome. Thanks, Alina. So doing so Kim says doing the work is the work. So the inner work is the work, of course. Awesome. So thank you for being here, guys. Uh, shoot me a message if you're interested in the email on in, in three days. And I'm excited to see whatever I come up with that's going, to help, uh, that's going to help you move forward. I'm excited for it. But thank you for being here. Thank you for doing the work. Thank you for being the uh, courageous souls you are and being willing to put this time in your calendar to move forward. So thank you for all the things you're doing for the Serving Circle and what you've done here and collaborating and helping each other. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I'll see you guys in the Serving Circle or whatever call I see you on next. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. 
So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.